This week on Across the Peak, Rich and I tell you how to grow a long, luxurious head of beardy hair. Welcome to the Across the Peak podcast, the show where Rich and Justin discuss preparedness, the birds and the bees, guns, history, tattoos, and, well, basically all the stuff your old man should have taught you. Rich Brown's a failed 70s child actor, retired Marine Corps officer, and former cop. Justin Carroll, he's a washed-up former special operator, half-assed author, and adventurer at large. Learn life skills, harden the f*** up, and become a dangerous man. Get your damn boots on, gents, because we're going across the peak rich what's happening man seems like we just did one of these (laughs) (laughs) um yeah man so this uh i think this is going to be a little more lighthearted, a little maybe a little more uh fun a little less serious we'll we'll see how this goes but this is a listener write-in if i'm if i'm not mistaken it sure is man it sure is and uh you know, I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I thought I knew everything there was to know about growing a beard, which was basically uh, stop shaving, step one, and step two, continue. But there's a little more to it than that. There is a little bit more to it than that. And, uh, man, I, this is going to be a neat episode. It's either going to be really, really cool or really like, eh, I think it's going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too, man. Well, we're hell, we're getting ahead of ourselves, man. Uh, tell them about the ATP store, brother. Oh, the ATP store has everything your little heart could desire uh, to enrich your life with across the peak products. Like we got the 20 ounce black t- uh, double walled stainless steel tumblers with the ATP logo. We got shirts. We got something to take to the farmer's market. We got stickers. We got, dude, we got everything. Let me talk about that tumbler real quick, man. I know I've talked about it before, but we are actually changing lives on this show, man. Kai had never been a coffee drinker at all. Until she listened to our episode on coffee, and she's like, all right, get me into this. So she's decided that she likes iced coffee and pretty much has a big cup of iced coffee every morning now. And she has it in the ATP double-walled stainless steel tumbler. And let me tell you, man, she'll throw five or six cubes of ice in that thing, put her coffee in it. And when she comes home in the afternoon, nine or ten hours later, there is still ice in that cup, man. That thing does a phenomenal job. Yeah, and Will, who does our fulfillment on those, you know, each one is handmade for you and, and with all the love and care that Will can put put into them. So uh, they're not mass-produced in China. They're made as they're ordered and uh, shipped directly to you. So I think you're going to want to get one. I think you're going to enjoy that product. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And, uh, yeah. I, I guess nothing else to say now, on that speak, except... Speak, well, speaking of, of drinks, let me be Sally Segway here. <laughs> what you drinking, bro? I'm having a beer from Harpoon called The Crake. And this is an Irish Red IPA, and the bottle said it is hoppy, malty, and vibrant, and I would tend to agree with that. It's their, uh, I believe it's their spring release. And Kai Mando and I went to the Harpoon Brewery in Boston when we happened to be out there. And uh, I'm a big fan of Harpoon stuff generally. I love their bottles. They've got a cool little uh, little saying etched on there in the, on the shoulder of the bottle. It says, love beer, love life. And uh, I'm enjoying this one, man. Is it the crack or crake? C-R-A-I-C. I, I'm not a... Yeah, I think, I, I think in Gaelic that's pronounced crack. Okay, I, I am not a Gaelic speaker, so you are probably right about that, my friend. You know, there's two colleges still where, where Gaelic is the only language spoken. Are you aware of that? Yeah, they need to bring that back. Um, I considered doing one of their home studies and try to learn to speak the language. I don't know why. <laughs> there's there's like less than 50,000 speakers, and, and they're, it ain't their first language. It's their second. But, yeah, there's a college in Nova Scotia, and there's a college, I believe, it's maybe out in the uh, Hiberdeens, um off the coast of western Scotland. But that's pretty cool, man. I um, tried to learn Gaelic for a while. Um, I don't I don't know why, man, but for whatever reason, it they really identify with their Irish heritage as well, and they have there's some other stuff in there too. But uh, she she did spend some time trying to learn Gaelic, so uh, you know. Well, what's interesting? There's Gaelic and there's Gaelic, and Gaelic is Irish and Gaelic is Scottish, and I think one is a Q Celtic language, and the other is like a P Celtic language. But yeah, we there, there's a video series you can find on um, on YouTube. 
mm-hmm. that that'll help you with that if you're a weirdo like me and want to learn a, de- a dead dying language. One thing that was cool about that everywhere we went in Ireland on the trains, everywhere, airport, everything, everything was in English and Gaelic. I don't, I don't know if that's an attempt to keep the language language alive, but you know, one thing really cool the train is the uh, the Ireland uh, iron. It basically translates directly to iron rod. Uh, and I love the idea of calling the train the Iron Road. Um, I, I don't know, man. I that that really, I don't know. Just released some chemical in my brain that made me really like that. That is pretty cool. Have you ever heard like where the the width of the rails come from? Uh, I have, but I it's been it's a while escaping me right now. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting little. See, you're getting all kind. Of, I tell you what, this is a listener extra. You guys are welcome for this. But the gauge of the railroad tracks, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like four foot, eight inches or five foot four. I don't know what it is. It's irrelevant. But um, a friend of mine said, you know, where does that come from? I said, I have no idea. But it's consistent, obviously, for a whole host of reasons. It's not necessarily consistent here with what it is in England, but whatever. And he said it comes from the width of two draft horses. And that's how wide the axles were because that's how wide the Roman roads were. It's like, well, how? why were the Roman roads as wide as they were in order to allow two draft horses? And there you go. So we're still stuck with that that width, even though we're not using horses, we're using modern trains. Well, that's interesting. I And I, I don't, now that you mentioned that, I don't think I knew that. And I don't think I thought it was that wide. I don't think I thought it was over three feet or something. Yeah, I, I don't don't quote me on the width. That's just where where it comes from. It's like, you mean we're still tied to that number? Even it's like the the QWERTY keyboard, you know, that that you and I learned to use. This is one of the slowest ways to, to type. Do you, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, they're getting another one. Because they never they tried to slow people down because back when it was you know manual, the the little arms that were striking the paper would, would uh, get bound up. So there's like, man, we got to rearrange this keyboard to slow everybody down. So, And we're stuck with this freaking QWERTY keyboard now. You know, here's how bad misinformation is. Um, I was told in elementary school, I don't even know if I should repeat this, man, because somebody's going to hear this and, and embed it in their brain. But uh, I was told in elementary school that it was, uh, <laughs> I had a really charismatic teacher that was an 06 in the Navy Reserve, big influence on me and big influence influence on me to join the military but uh he he said it was to slow typists down because all these women were you know finishing their work early so somebody's like well we'll we'll show them and mix all the keys up um and i have internalized that man and still that's what i think when i think about the qwerty keyboard but i know that to be i know that to be false but uh anyway we're we have ranged pretty far afield here man <laughs> um well you're welcome good stuff man we- this is this is yeah. Trivia night stuff, man. Um, what about you, man? What are you having? Wellers. I'm still drinking on the Wellers, man. The weeded bourbon. Love that stuff. And um, I'll polish it off probably this weekend. And next week I'll have something different to talk about. Oh, hey, would man. You, you, <laughs> you got you to get me some of that stuff, man. Oh, uh, it's, it's amazing. So what'd you do this week? Uh, this week, dude, brother, I finally got back in the gym this week. Uh, I've been kind of just limping along, getting in there once a week, maybe twice, maybe twice if I'm lucky and missing a week here and there all in total. So finally got back at it, man. I'm, I'm really, it feels good to, well, be sitting down on a Friday afternoon after doing three days at the gym this week. I got, um, you know, all seven days of dry practice in this week, did my vehicle PMs and I got to the range, man. So Pretty pretty good week. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm, I'm doing all that that you're doing except for the drop practice and 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 again yoga, dude, is changing my life. If you're not doing yoga, I, if there's a good school uh, studio anywhere around where you're at, give it a try. You may really enjoy it. I know I have really enjoyed it, and uh, I think it really depends on the teacher. Like we talked about with Lisa, though. I would, I would second that, man. If you've never done yoga, especially hot yoga, which I, for some reason, man, I really freaking enjoy. If you have not done hot yoga or yoga at all, give it a shot, man. 100%. So, go And ahead. Let, me, let me throw something out there for the single men. If you have, like, a non-traditional work schedule where you're not working from 9 to 5, if you can go to your local yoga studio at, like, 10, 11 in the morning on a weekday, brother, it's 
soccer moms everywhere. I'm just just saying. Uh, well, I think men or women, you could probably find a you know find a pretty good mate there. Those people that do yoga are pretty good people. Yeah. Oh, anyway, we're, <laughs> man, we're doing it again. We just, we, dude, I'm excited to get into the show. I'm I'm in a damn good mood right now. Um, and I like apparently it's guiding me on a sidetrack. So. <laughs> And any anything else you want to throw out there before we get into it? Uh, no, not at all, brother. Let's talk about beards, man. Um, when when did you first start growing a beard? Well, um, when I got out of the Marine Corps the first time back in 1995, I got out a sergeant, came back home to Tennessee, and went, like I've already mentioned before, I was waiting to get on with the police department, so I was a bouncer. And back then, I'm going to date the hell out of myself. The big look was the goatee and the Caesar haircut. And I know that sounds so awful, but that was the thing. I, I couldn't pull off the Caesar, but I, I was rocking a pretty mean goatee back in the day. And um, that was probably my first attempt at it. I got you. I've never had a goatee, man, that wasn't attached to a full beard. Um, I've had a mustache a couple times in my first Iraq trip. Everybody, dude, as soon as we got there, everybody stopped shaving their mustache and um, brother, I'm just going to level you. It's, it's not yeah. a good look on me. I fail to believe that. <laughs> but, uh, about 10 years ago, well, whenever I got out of the Marine Corps, oh God, boy, I'm shaking my head. It was 11 years, over 11 years ago when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, I said, screw this man. I'm not shaving every day. I don't like scraping up my skin every freaking day, cutting myself twice a week. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to grow a beard and, uh, I've, it's been at varying lengths over the last 10 years, 11 years, but I have not been clean shaven since then. I haven't been without a beard since then. Pretty much same here. I started growing a beard as soon as I retired. And, um, I think I shaved it off for my interview with the American Red Cross. Wasn't sure how they'd feel about it, but literally day one after I got hired, I went to my boss and said, how do you feel about it? Cause nobody had a beard. How do you feel about a beard? I'm like, Hey, we love it, man. I'm like, gotcha. And I've had one ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. I, Kaimando loves it. I don't know. I'm not particularly attached to it, but I'm not really interested in shaving it either. So well, speaking of Kaimando loving it, let's talk about, I think that might be a really good place to start with kind of a little bit of the history and, and some other stuff like that. You ready? Yeah, do it, bro. All right, man. According to several recent studies, women women uh, really like men with light stubble. They find that the most attractive. Um, and these men were preferred as far as, you know, when they asked the women to pick whether you would want this person as a long-term partner, a short-term partner, whatever, um, the women perceive the male faces with full beards as the most masculine, aggressive, and socially mature. Uh, the women also thought that these men looked older, more healthy, and trustworthy, which is pretty cool. And the, re the uh, research also showed that women find fuller beards more attractive when they're ovulating, which is interesting. Well, I mean, that's a no-brainer. But anyway, <sighs> um, <laughs> I told man, I told you guys this was going to be lighthearted. Uh, don't take anything I say too seriously in this one. Um, I'm surprised that people found people with beards more trustworthy because I remember reading something many years ago that said uh, some people perceive people with a beard as trying to cover their face or obscure their face. Uh, so I, I find that interesting. Same here. And I wonder if that's one of those things that's linked, you know, trustworthiness is linked to um, symbols of maturity, maybe. I don't, I, Possibly I don't know. Possibly so, yeah. Or, or, you and I both read, um, what's Jack Donovan's book? The way of men, uh, yeah. and trustworthiness, honor is, is kind of a masculine or a manly virtue, right? Like a, a, a well-developed masculine male should be someone who's, who says what he does, means, does, says what he means and means what he says. Check. Uh, I don't know if I'm, you know, yes, this is all just speculation. <laughs> well, so, uh, Let's take the speculation back into the realm of science again. Um, the science is really clear on the topic. Uh, in one study I read, Justin, this was a Dr. Gutierrez and his colleagues investigate the, the hypothesis um, that big multi-level societies, the, all the male primates, seem to have developed some sort of visible and showy ornamentation or like societal badges. 
And often these are things like long, uh, elongated noses, uh, you know, orangutans, if you're familiar with an orangutan, they got these big fatty cheek flanges, uh, caps of um, silvery hair and a lot of the baboons, et cetera, et cetera, and beards in human beings being this badge that we have. And the chimpanzees also, of course, have them and bonobos as well. And these badges, whatever they, the scientists call them, seem to enhance the male sexual attractiveness to female primates. And that, of course, includes humans, as we spoke about a moment ago. Um, but more than bringing in the chicks, having a beard or some sort of badge seems ha- to have some sort of profound effect on other male primates. Does that surprise you? Rich, I, I'm just going to say my badge or ornament has to be, I got two of them and they got to be polished with a can of Brasso every morning. <laughs> Is that right? Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. All right. I'll, I'll quit fucking <laughs> around, dude. Um, no, you're... <laughs> Man, Kai and I were at a maritime museum last weekend, and someone rang a big brass bell, and I was like, sorry, honey, they're clanging together a little bit this week. Oh, God. (laughs) I know. I know. It's horrible. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right, man. I think, I I mean, I've never thought of beards as a part of that. I've, I've basically thought of the fact that we're essentially naked apes with the exception of hair on our heads, hair on our genitals, and like kind of vestigial hair on our arms and legs. And, you know, some people are obviously hairier than other people, but um, like the, the dominant hair is on our genitals, on our head and in men on our faces. And I just thought that was like the last, you know, one of the last vestiges of that hair to go away. I've never thought of that be, as being like a, uh, you know, an indicator of uh, sexual maturity or, you know, a badge like that, as you call it. Well, it's something that I think that women have, you know, sexually selected for in their mate selections. You know, they, they've ch- chosen this, obviously. But the, but the interesting part about that is there's also something in the male-male competitive realm that has also evolutionarily drawn us toward men having beards and that is, uh, like, men with beards are seen as more aggressive and dominant by not only women, but also men. Um, so I think that the way they look at it is dominant men can get more mating opportunities by intimidating rivals. You know, that, uh, Yeah, without personal peril, right? Exactly. I show up on the scene, I've got this big freaking gnarly beard. It, it subconsciously means something to the women and the men. Uh, and on that topic, what's interesting, I didn't really... I never considered this, but European men um, have the biggest beards of any other, uh, I hate to say human race because I think there's one race, uh, but of all the races, European men uh, have the Of all the ethnicities. Yeah, thank you. I'm searching for the word here. Have you, were you familiar with that? I I was not. And I want to throw one thing out here to our female listeners. Uh, I don't know if you ladies are, are listening to this episode in particular or not, but uh, or maybe you're listening to it uh, for your significant other's uh, benefit. I don't know. Anyway, if you are listening, I just want to point out that Rich and I are making broad generalizations across the human species. And obviously there are women who freaking hate beards, who had, like have no interest whatsoever. So um, like we're not we're not saying none of all this is very general none of this is uh, uh specific to about uh, about anybody specifically right well that's true but this isn't rich and just an opinions this is there's a lot of scientific fact and we can put links to some of this stuff in uh, in the show notes so check it out there it's not my opinion that women find it more attractive now the degree to which the facial hair is there uh, you know, as a sliding scale, but, uh, right. And, and like just about anything else with humanity, it's a, it's a spectrum. Correct. Right? And there's, I'm sure cultures where beards are preferred and there were times in human so, uh, societies where beards were really, uh, preferred more, more so than now, but. And also, you know, what's funny, man, since you bring that up, I think of, um, you know, there are probably times in human history where not having a beard was uh, was a sign of uh, financial success in the fact that you could afford to shave your face and keep your face clean. And that might have been sexually attractive in a, in a way kind of like I think about in 
in ancient Rome, it was a sign of wealth to be obese because you could afford all this extra food and you didn't have to toil in the fields or in the vineyards or wherever all day. You could lounge about and eat and get fat, and that was seen as a sign of success. And nowadays, um, I, I think uh, obesity tends to skew a little bit more toward uh, lower income demographics. And now being uh, very fit and eating very healthy and being able to afford Lululemon yoga pants is seen as a sign of success. So throughout human history, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we've seen this come in and out of vogue many times. True. And it's like uh, speaking of you know, that, I think uh, what's interesting is somebody went to Italy and they went to the Sistine Chapel. And forgive me for not being able to recall who, who I heard this story from, but they asked someone like why why are all the penises on the statues and the paintings so small relative to what we think normal penis size is and they're like oh that's easy because back then they they thought that that was something very crude to have a, a enormous penis it was <laughs> something very low brow and and low class <laughs> okay so they gave them all baby dicks uh, something like that uh, yeah um I, I heard something else on that too. On all the statues, the penises are very small, and it, and I heard it was because uh, someone with a like a larger penis was thought to be like less intelligent yes. or less virtuous or exactly. something along those lines. Yeah, it was a crude. Uh, you were a crude, almost subhuman species if you had a a giant schlong. But getting back to the <laughs> beard thing, you know, if you could imagine, yeah, I'm just thinking as we're going here. I mean, uh, a beard probably would have been really awesome if you were living in Europe for 20,000 years while you have glaciers all around you because, you know, you're, I'm imagining you're wearing uh, furs and skins, but your face is relatively uncovered. But if you have a big, big beard there, you, you're wearing some facial armor against the, the weather, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why would anybody want to grow a beard in, in 2019, though? Well, I don't know, man. Um a number of reasons. So, uh, aesthetics to alter your appearance. Um, you know, some people just like the way it looks, man. I like the way I look with a beard. I come from the land of the weak chin, which is, uh, the, uh, the Ireland, uh, the, <laughs> the Island of Ireland. Everybody seems to have a real, real weak looking chin. It, uh, I don't know. My face, uh, tends to look more balanced, um, like a little bit longer if I have some hair on my chin. Um, and I just like the way it looks, man. I, I, you know, I don't think I'm, uh, the sexiest dude alive or anything either way, but I, I just prefer the, the look of it. I think that that's one reason. Yeah. I prefer the look of it as well. And, you know, I, um, when I grew a beard the first time and like looked in the mirror, I'm like, you know, this is the person I, I was probably meant to be. And I told that to my wife and she kind of scratched her head. I said, well, imagine if you live in a culture for 23 years or most of your adult life, you cannot, you can't grow your hair long, right? You're a woman, and I know my wife has beautiful long hair and always has. I said, but imagine for 23 years, you can never grow your hair long, ever. It's got to be short, short, short. And then one day you grow it out and you look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, my God, this is, as a woman, this is the way I always saw myself. And so to me, it was, I had that moment, even though I never really had given any thought. Like you said, it's kind of a, man, I don't want to scrape my face every single day like I had to do in the, in the Marine Corps. Dude, I friggin' hated shaving every single, like, I don't know, man. It just, yeah. Uh, you might want to grow a beard, uh, moving on, moving down the list a little bit here to be more operator. I think that's a valid reason to grow a beard, right? Well, I had this conversation with somebody, uh, recently and, they were giving credit for beards in the 21st century to um, the Duck Dynasty folks. And I said, no, nah, it really came around before they were doing their thing with beards. And, I, and I, I said, I think what it was was you had these military guys who were trying to blend in with other bearded folks in the countries that they found themselves in in order to navigate better. Uh, to to be closer to that culture, and then you had other men trying to mimic that. So in essence, we're trying to everybody's mimicking in some way this uh, Muslim look or something like that. I don't know. Well, I I don't think you can lay that at the feet of any one given thing. Um, I I think also, uh, I I mean this has always been a thing, but it really became big in the two thousands. Like a lot more people telework. There's a lot more like. 
you know, I've worked at some companies that are very into like startup culture and being like, yeah, we're not a normal company. Like, you know, all, all kinds of like, I worked at a company that had an idea room that was just a room full of couches. And there was, you know, you could, the walls were painted with whiteboard paint and you could, there was no dress code, you know, as long as you had, you know, as long as you weren't exposing yourself, it's like, yep, we don't really interface with the customers in here. So like come in however you want. And, uh, I, I think that probably contributed to it, like a little, a shift away from like the strictly professional type environment. I do think the military special operations, you know, idealistic model of what that dude looks like contributed to a little bit. There's probably a bunch of stuff. Um, but I can proudly state that I have never seen an episode of duck dynasty. So I'm pretty sure that had nothing to do with it for me. Yeah. Me or you, uh, either one. Uh, it also, as I, I guess you could grow a beard as an indicator of your virility, because although testosterone levels don't exactly perfectly sync up with the, a man's ability to grow a beard, because again, like we talked about, there's a lot of East Asian men that, that, that have high testosterone levels and, and have no ability to grow facial hair. Right. I was reading into this a little bit, and I, I was going to talk about it a little bit later, but it has something to do with the way the testosterone acts on a certain receptor that makes hair grow or not. So if you, if you have a patchy beard or like a really thin beard or whatever, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean you have low testosterone. It just means for whatever reason, that testosterone can't, um, can't act in the way that makes hair grow on your face. That's right. There's a whole, there's a suite of genes that turn on or turn off the ability to grow facial hair. And like you said, Justin, they are impacted by testosterone, but not all, um, societies necessarily have those genes right so uh or maybe they don't express them the same way i don't know yeah yeah you're absolutely right um and and you need to get your dna uh episode show notes up and running man because uh i don't pretend to understand everything that you're saying about you need to force me into doing some research on that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a good episode. Uh, what about what about warmth? You live in a cold, cold climate. You think that might be a good idea? Brother, I can absolutely attest to this one. So when I would deploy to um, Central Asia, I would sometimes come home with a beard that was down to my chest. And I would, you know, whatever time I could, I would deploy for like 60 or 90 days at a time. I'd start growing my beard out a little bit before I left and then grow it out the entire time I was there, not touch it, not do any kind of trimming. And brother, I would get back in January and take my trimmers and trim that thing down to, you know, just a a real short, tight beard. And dude, it makes a huge difference. And and the next one you have here is, um, can compensate for a weak chin. And you already kind of hit on that, but that's another, uh, what's interesting about that is, Neanderthals had weak chins, and that could be one of those recessive traits that um, all non-Africans have, um, is that that weak chin. I agree with you, man, especially after I shaved my beard at one time. I'm, I'm like, holy crap, I hate it. And I have... Dude, the first time... Go ahead. I, I remember distinctly the first time I ever noticed that phenomenon. Uh, I was living out in California. I had a roommate. Oh, actually, I don't know why I bring a roommate. I had a roommate, but anyway... My roommate and I always hung out at this one bar. We knew the bartender really, really well. And he always had like just a goatee with no mustache, just a goatee on his chin. And one day we came in and shaved that. And I was like, holy crap, dude, you're, that makes your face look completely different. Just the absence of that. Um, it, it can make a huge difference. And unfortunately, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you can do about it other than grow a beard. And we already talked about, you know, if your woman loves it, there's a great reason to grow a beard. And I don't know that my wife <laughs> loves it. I think she's learned to learn to love it through the years. Dude, Kai Mando loves it. Um, I, we were having a talk the other day and I said, I don't remember what it was about. And I was like, you know, unless you ask me to, sh- you know, like we'll last forever unless you ask me to shave your beard. And she's like, oh, baby, you know, I'll never ask you that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, there's not. Not everybody wants to grow a beard. Not everybody can grow a beard. You know, it might be frowned upon at your job. Your wife may hate it. I know there's been lots of friends of mine that I'm like, dude, you would grow a wicked beard. Why don't you let it go? And he's like, my wife has forbidden it. And I, and I get it, man. I, I wouldn't, and that's what, you know, I wouldn't want my wife shaving her head if that was her kick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good reasons. Uh, at the same time, man, like I'm all about like 
that's that person can do whatever they want with their body, man. Um, I, but also, also I get it. Like if they're like wildly unattractive to you after that, like, I, I don't know, six, yeah, like, like compromise, like relationship stuff. But yeah, there's definitely some reasons you might not want to grow a beard. And the biggest one of those I'd say is if you just don't fucking want okay. to. So let's say you're the listener. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm the listener, Justin, and I've been hearing everything you said. I've heard all the reasons. How, what's this first step if I want to grow a beard and I'm a, a normal man? All right, step one is stop shaving. Okay, that was confusing. So just stop shaving. Nothing else. <sighs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So so stop shaving. Um, and brother, like my beard has been pretty. I mean, it's not huge, but it's pretty long, and it's been that way for for quite a while. For the last couple of years, I've kept it at about this length. So I'm a little bit forgetful on what it's like to first start growing a beard, but you're going to have, you know, a couple days, you're going to have some, some pretty good stubble going after a week. It's going to be obvious that you've kind of given up on shaving. And basically at this point, you just got to keep, keep on keeping on, man. You got to keep doing what you're doing. And I would say if this is a first time beard, dude, give it at least absolutely at least a month before you try to do anything to it, before you try to shape it, before you try to trim it, before you try to do anything, give it a month. Um, and, and in some cases you might want to give it several times that amount, but, uh, let's talk about, um, itchiness, man. I, I have never experienced this, but a lot of people, a lot of people say, this. oh my Tell God, me it was maddening when I grew up that first beard. I mean, it was absolutely maddening. I mean, you, but you have to push past that. And after about the four week mark, it's going to be, it's going to be over and you'll be fine. But man, it, it, that itchiness for me was absolutely brutal. Yeah. I, I, man, I've never, well, I've only grown a beard one time, so (laughs) it's not like I've got (laughs) years and years of experience at growing one. I can talk to you about maintaining one pretty well, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, man, it's going to get itchy. I think the recommendation is is just freaking push through it, man. It, it's gonna it's gonna suck, but you know what are you gonna do? Well, yeah, and I I wanna I don't know what made me think of this. I was thinking about like in my family, none of the men have had beards on my father's family. Oh, my, my dad had it for a while, and um, I inherited my grandfather's name and my grandfather's farm and and all this other stuff. And um, her, my uh, aunt, her son looks more like my grandfather, even though his last name, of course, isn't Brown. And um, and just like my grandfather, Ralph Brown, he can. Uh, my cousin can't grow a, a really a decent beard at all. It's just really patchy, and and uh, so she looked at me one day and almost shamed me and said, "Hmm, I know you want to be like uh, your grandfather, but he never could grow a beard, and I see that." Hmm. You got that big bushy beard. It was almost like, are you questioning my paternity here? What are you, what are you doing? So, <laughs> yeah. But it's weird how people uh, perceive beards. I'm sorry, I should have said that earlier in the show, but it just came to me. So if I want to, so step one, stop shaving. Step two, just continue and and push through the itchiness for four to six weeks. What do I need to do after that? Step three. So, well, before we get to step three, I would say if you have a patchy beard that comes in, you know, just in spots and you have some empty spots or whatever, give it four to five months. That's kind of the recommendation I ran across on several websites because sometimes that, you know, that additional areas are growing hair. It just takes a little bit longer or they're a little bit lighter and they don't appear as thick and full or whatever. So basically just give it, you know, give it a good four to five months before you try to trim or give up and shave it off or, uh, or whatever. So step three, so step one is stop shaving. Step two is continue, push through the itching, give it at least four to six weeks or four to six months. If you have a patchy beard and then step three is get your body right and keep it right. So plenty of sleep, uh, will help your body generate hair. And that means good quality sleep, once again, we're going to reference the sleep episode. If you have not, man, that should be our most downloaded episode because we mention it in almost, in probably half our shows, man. Yeah, and I don't know if you listened to that, the Joe Rogan podcast recently. They had uh, Colin O'Brady on there who, you know, is just an amazing uh, extreme athlete. And that's what he was saying. It's like, what, what are you doing? What are you saying? Well, the most important thing I do is sleep. I don't want to misquote him, but uh, he really went on about uh how the you know the importance of sleep and here we are again talking about it yeah man 
it's hard to overstate the importance of sleep. As a matter of fact, man, let me, um, can I just complain for a second? Of course. So my parents were in town last week and, uh, we, we got them an Airbnb for Christmas to get them come out here. That was the, that's why they're here. And, uh, we, we stopped by their Airbnb one night to drop them off some food that we had cooked and, you know, just hang out for a little while. Dude, brother, it's nine o'clock at night and my mom is making coffee and, uh, it's kind of a badge of honor to her. It's kind of a point of pride at, yeah, we drink coffee all day. We drink it right up until we go to bed. And, Sometimes I get real frustrated with my mom, but uh, Kai and I were having a conversation today, and I was like, knowing that she is probably in a state of perpetual near exhaustion uh, makes that a little bit easier to deal with, because, dude, self-serving bias, man. She thinks she's immune to the uh, influences that affect the rest of humanity. (laughs) There's another good episode we had uh, talking about all the cognitive biases you can fall into. If you haven't listened to that one, man, don't fall into those traps. So get plenty of sleep, eat well. So your beard is basically made of protein and fat. So uh, eat eat plenty of nuts, eat meat, eat eggs, dairy. Uh, but you also need some vitamins in there, man. Leafy greens like spinach or arugula or uh, kale that contain plenty of uh, vitamins B3, B5, B7, biotin, and vitamin B9 will definitely, definitely help your beard out. Yeah, my wife did some reading on that vitamin B7 or biotin uh, as it pertains to your your, your uh, hair and nails. And I think she had some weak uh, fingernails or something. She started taking that, and it really made her hair thicker and and, uh, and made her nails better. So and there's these little gummies that she eats every day. And uh, so I tell you, I've, I've used that. Uh, on and off, I'm not as religious about it as she is, but I tell you, that stuff does work. Did you know I used to work in a butcher shop? No. Yeah, I used to work in a butcher shop, and guys would uh, take that because you're working with basically halves of beef, and if you're fi- like you're pulling these things around, and uh, if your fingernails will, are weak, they'll dig into the like dig into bone or dig into meat and break all the friggin' time. So guys, like everybody want some real strong fingernails that are doing that they would take that stuff too and and i did too that was years ago but yeah oh yeah i didn't know that okay yeah that uh, it, it does work and uh, if if you're somebody that want to get better hair on your head better hair on your face stronger nails i would encourage you to do that i think the next thing that would probably help you is working out working out brother that will boost your testosterone make your dick big i'm sorry make your beard big <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where's your head today? Uh, um, dude, you got me started when you said giant schlong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. So basically, quick rundown here. Stop shaving. Keep not shaving and keep your body in, in good shape, man. Like being like just being generally healthy, getting plenty of sleep, eating well and working out will go a long, long way toward uh, getting you where to where you, getting your body in the best possible condition to grow a beard. There's some genetics involved, um, but if you've got if you've got the ability to grow any kind of beard at all, this will help you out. Okay, tremendously. So I'm the listener. I've I've listened to your three step program, Justin, and I've got my beard. What now? What now? Well, you got to take care of this thing, man. It's it's hair, so you need to treat it like hair. You need to wash it. Um, there's a couple of pitfalls there, though, and I, you and I have talked about some of these. Do you want to do you want to hit a couple of these? Yeah, you know, on the um, one of the things is you know it's it's just hair, you know, so you want to wash it like you would want to wash your hair. But I will tell you that I have found after your recommendation of the Doctor Bronner is it Bonner uh, Bronner Doctor Bro- Bonner. Dr. Bronner's soap. I bought a huge thing of it, man, and absolutely love it. But I will say I feel like it strips the oils out of the my beard. Uh, so I have made it a point to not use that on my beard as much as everywhere else on my body. And then I will use like a normal shampoo and conditioner on my beard. Yeah, so I uh, my beard, it's been several years since I've had a beard long enough that I had to use conditioner on it. But... Yeah, if you have a very long beard, that will like prevent you from getting tangles and I don't know what I 
I don't really remember what problems I used to have when I had to use conditioner, but yeah, uh, you, you may end up using conditioner. So another pitfall here, well, actually back to the washing and stripping off the natural oils. I don't wash it every single day. I'll wash it every third day or so because that oil is there for a reason. Your body produces that oil for a reason to basically lubricate your hair to, uh, and to keep it from becoming brittle. So, you know, you don't want to, I mean, shit, dude, it's not meant to have all the oil stripped off of it every single day or even most of the oil stripped off every single day, right? No, it's not. Definitely not. And I could feel my beard hair getting more brittle. But I I tell you, you do want to keep it clean because as you're eating, uh, things will tend to fall in there and and it can carry. I don't know if we'll get into this later, Justin, but it can carry uh, some bacteria and stuff like that in it. I uh, sure can, yeah. And one thing that bacteria can do is cause dandruff in your beard, which is different from just dry skin underneath your beard, which is also a factor. You can actually get dandruff, which is a product of a little, is it a yeast, a bacteria, something that gets on your skin in there and uh, and causes that. So uh, washing will help with that, as will using some kind of beard oil, which we'll talk about in a second. Well, I tell you, it's funny you say that because I have battled dandruff. And um, normally, you know, you and I are big on, for whatever reason, wearing black shirts of different variety. And, uh, oh, my God, that dandruff showing up on a black shirt is just absolutely disgusting. And I will say that I think that Dr. Bronner's cleared it up and has enabled me to now go back to um, normal washing. I don't know if that's causation, but it seemed to be once I started using that Dr. Bronner's, it did seem to uh, get rid of it. Really? Yeah, I, I've never had too much of a problem that with that. Here's what I do have a problem with this. So when you're rinsing off in the shower, your beard can trap soap in there that basically dries on your skin and dries on your skin and dries out your skin and causes it to your skin to become a little flaky, which is a actually a different phenomenon than true dandruff. But the end result is pretty much the same. You end up with flakes on your black ATP T-shirt. So um, using beard oil can help out with that, which again, we'll hit in a minute. But I think the big thing is to rinse it really, really well and, and make sure you're not leaving soap or shampoo in there. Yeah. And I talked to one of, um, this lady who cuts hair for a living and she said that, um, you know, you can dry it just like you dry the hair on your head. It's also good for that as well, right before you put the beard oil in. I'm sure we'll, we'll maybe get to that in a minute, but when it comes to beard oil, man, what do, what do I need to know about that? Well, so one thing on drying really quickly is if you dry your beard too roughly with it, the hair, the, I, I don't know if you have this or not, but the, the texture of my beard hair is different from my, te- from my head hair. It's a little coarser and a little more, I don't know, wiry maybe. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it behaves a little bit differently. If you dry it really roughly with a terry cloth towel like you do your hair, you can actually cause split ends with that, which, dude, this seems so, I don't know. It seems like we're getting a little, like we're doing a health and like a beauty show. But um, if you dry it with a, a t- like a plain cotton T-shirt, that can prevent that from happening, too, if that's an issue anybody's having. Huh, okay, cool. No, I, I didn't know that. And, but I will tell you, let me back up here. When I first started growing a beard, I didn't have anybody to really talk to about it. Uh, so I remember asking people at work who had beards and I felt like, you know, weird having to have this conversation like, dude, I like your beard, man. What are you putting on there? <laughs> that was an awkward conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I, uh, yeah, that is a weird conversation. Anyway, so keep your hair healthy, I'm guessing, right? That's what oil does. Yeah, it really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hair, man. It, it, you need to. You need to kind of treat it like hair. So um, do you use beard oil? I do. Yeah, likewise. And uh, actually make my own. And I brought you some of that, what, a year ago, year and a half ago? Yeah, and for the listener, we are contemplating creating our own line of ATP beard oil. If that's something you'd like to see, shoot me a line, rich at acrossthepeak.com. Dude, and my beard oil is awesome. I bought all kinds of beard oil. I had actually had to buy some in Ireland because I forgot to pack my little... Uh, travel tube of it. I'd set it out, forgot to get it in. But um, so beard oil keeps your hair healthy. It keeps it uh, specifically oils like uh, jojoba and argan oil have, I don't know how they do it, man, but there's something in there that contributes to the overall health of your hair. And your hair 
is kind of a, I mean, it's made up of dead cells, but it is kind of a living ecosystem, man. You, you got to keep that thing healthy. Um, it also keeps it lubricated, which helps a comb slide through it without breaking it and keeps it from getting brittle and keeps it from getting tangled up. Yeah. I think one of the more important things is it keeps the skin underneath that beard moisturized because it's not getting, you know, it's not getting all the sun. It's not getting all the vitamins. It's not getting all the, uh, maybe the soaps and stuff like that. So I think, uh, Taking care of that skin underneath is something that beard oil does really well. And back to that flaky skin from leaving uh, soap residue on there or dandruff, beard oil can help prevent that because uh, some of the essential oils that in, that are that are in beard oil, uh, tea tree is a pretty common one. Actually, has some antiseptic properties as well as just the moisturizing, lubricating properties of the oil itself. So that can actually help stave off some of those problems you might otherwise have. And I have definitely used tea tree oil and, and found it pretty good with, uh, with the dandruff as well. And, and the scented oil is, is pretty freaking nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is, man. Um, every time I walk out of the bathroom, Kai's like, God damn, you smell good. <laughs> uh, and she's sitting here shaking her head. <laughs> yes. In, in the affirmative. So what's the next, what, what else we got on beard oil? Uh, so, I guess one contraindication here, if you wear white colored dress shirts all day, that oil, it, it will rub off on whatever you're wearing. Um, fortunately for me, I mostly prefer just black t-shirts, so it's not really an issue. But if you, if you do wear, you know, a collared shirt, a light colored collar shirt, it can stain or, or kind of discolor the necks of those shirts in a way that's really difficult to get out. Yeah, I, I have noticed that, and that, that is the one probably downside to beard oil. I have also used uh, pastes that, that you might use for your for your hair to, to try to get a hold of uh-huh. it because I have a wiry beard as well. And I I will use that sometimes depending on where I'm going or what I'm doing. It, it's definitely not an everyday thing. Yeah. So uh, what, what else, man? What else we need to know? That's it. Let's talk about combs. Do you comb your beard? I do with like a literally like one of those little plastic cheap combs you can buy anywhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I, I think combing your beard is kind of important. One thing you'll notice is hair does fall out of it. Um, sometimes you do end up with like an unhealthy hair that'll, you know, uh, like little piece will break off or something. You don't want that just floating around in there. Um, and your beard will get kind of wild if you don't comb it, man. You'll, you'll end up with patches that are sticking up all over the place and, Unless you're just going, you know, going as a mountain man for Halloween, that's not a good look. <laughs> no, it's not. So, uh, yeah, you uh, you just use that uh, plastic comb. Dude, I have a three-row comb, and I will post the link to this thing on the show notes. I'll, ha- I'll try to have a photo of it in the show notes. But it has three rows of teeth, and they're kind of offset, and they're also kind of wedge-shaped. They're fine on the end and thicker at the base where it connects with the, I guess, the spine of the comb. Mm-hmm. And, dude, that thing goes through your hair so easily. Um, I, I absolutely love that thing, and I probably need to buy some more because when I lose it, I'm not going to know what the hell to do with my beard. Yeah, I, I, I'll need to Google that. I'm not even sure what a three-row comb is. So it's if you look at it from the—if you lay it on its back and look down, there's three rows of, I don't know, teeth? What do you call the things in a comb? Tines? Yeah, probably. There's, there's three lengthwise rows of them, and they're offset, so it's— like a row down the left side, an offset row in the middle, and then a row down the right side. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a – well, I'll put a picture of that in the show notes for the listener. Uh, acrosspeak.com slash blog slash E00 – E040. Damn, this is episode 40, man. Wow. Come a long <laughs> way in a short yeah, time. We sure have, man. Okay, so uh, if I if I have a beard, does that mean I never ever ever have to shave again? Uh, well, I guess if you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm not the <laughs> boss of you. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, what about you, man? You shave at all still? I shave underneath, man. I don't like it going down my neck, uh, trying to join my chest hair. That gets a little freaking too creepy for me. But yeah, I mean, I think it's important to shape your beard. If not, you may get some big uh, no no disrespect with some kind of an Amish looking beard. And that's just not my jam. I, I want to. I have a round head anyway. I want to try to make it a little bit more angular if I can. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. I sh- I shave under my neck because, like you, I don't like it. I don't like a big neck beard. 
And I also shave like kind of my cheeks because otherwise it just looks like hairs growing directly out of my eyeballs. It gets real high up on my face. So um, I guess that's just this massive bath of testosterone my body soaked in <laughs> at all times. But <laughs> you okay, you're on buddy? a roll today. <laughs> you're on. You're on your game today. I know. Right. I know. Um, yeah, but you. Yeah, you will want to shave a little bit, and uh, you know, maybe under your neck, maybe um, you know, maybe your cheeks. Like I say, depending on how you want to shape this up. If you want a little uh, boy band beard, <sighs> you're gonna have. That's not just gonna grow in naturally. I'm sure. Uh, so you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to make this thing look the way you want. Um, you're basically gonna shave like you've always shaved, with the exception that you're protecting that hair that you want to leave there. And I've definitely pulled the razor away from my face a few times and had hair that are three inches long on the, on the razor. Like, ah, shit, probably didn't mean to get that one. Yeah. And that's, um, you mentioned the boy band. That's the, I'm dating a 16 year old starter kit is that silly, uh, chin strap beard. And, <laughs> and if you've got one of those beards, stop listening to this podcast immediately and go grow a beard. Um, and then, and then come back and, uh, Start over at episode one. Yeah, exactly. Start over at episode one, and, and we'll catch you back up on episode 40. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you do have to do a little bit of maintenance. And one of the things, I, like with my beard, it, uh, I like it coming up higher on my cheeks. And uh, it's got a, a strange little bizarre symmetry to it that I like. And um, But it seems like every woman that I have trimming at a barbershop, they want to take that off. And I literally, I'd, I wretch reached up uh, I guess this was Monday I was at the barbershop and the lady started to trim it and I literally put my hand on her hand and I said that's a caveman look I'm going for don't don't cut that off and she kind of laughed and she goes yeah a lot of guys trim that off I said yeah not me I'm not most men yeah that's right so um talk about trimming man do you trim your beard yeah I, yeah I mean I, I do trim it occasionally and I will tell you that my wife Every time I've done it, she's like, you do a better job than when you've paid to have it trimmed. And I think she's right because I know the look I'm going for. And uh, it's something that you just have to experiment with is what I've found. I mean, uh, you, you know what it, what you're trying to go for as far as how you want it to look, what your appearance you want to have, a kind of shape that you want to get. And I think it's just something you got to do yourself. Agreed, man. Agreed. So, um Here's the thing. Your beard's not going to grow in. Well, your hair grows in different directions on your face. It's not all going to grow in at the same rate. Like something like it seems like my neck, the the hair I leave on the underside of my chin gets real long, real quick. And it starts poking out around like the rest of the beard. I have to trim that more frequently than the rest of it. And unless you just want to look like a complete Philistine mountain man, pirate whatever you're probably going to want to trim this thing up and and even if you don't man like at a certain point it's you're going to be tripping over it and shit so you're you're going to have to trim it at some point yeah yeah you do i mean and uh there's a certain length that that works well for my face and for the things that i do because i will tell you that having a beard is a little different like especially doing jujitsu um my beard is sweating and there's some other guys in the in the the gym that I train at they got beards too and I was, I was trying to get this one former marine Josh if you're listening man I was trying to put a lapel choke on Josh the other day and he's got this big freaking awesome red beard he looks like a he looks like a freaking pirate and I'm I'm having to rip his beard out to literally get the the cross collar choke going and, I, and as I'm doing it I'm like bro sorry about the beard he's like fucking rip it out man go for it <laughs> <laughs> I love it man speaking of speaking of that but I guess that's one more contraindication to having a long beard um, if you shoot an AR15 brother I've lost more hairs yeah. in the with a with an extendable stock I've lost more hair that gets caught between the was the buffer tube and the stock there Dude, that every time you pull your oh face God. away from the gun, you're just like, ah. It's funny you say that, dude. I've had that happen uh, twice last week. I was doing a little uh, AR work, and sure enough, man, I wasn't even screwing around with the stock. I wasn't pulling it in and out or nothing. It's just my, it was up there on my beard, and oh, I forgot how unpleasant that was. Well, you know what? You know what'll fix that right up is a little piece of duct tape over that. Um, like basically, the purpose of that extendable stock is storage. You're not supposed to carry it with the stock completely collapsed. You're not supposed to patrol that way. I used to hate to see students patrolling with a collapsed buttstock. 
you get it to where you need to get it and you leave it that way unless you need to store it or something. Um, so just throw a little strip of duct tape over that intersection between the buffer tube and the stock and genius. You'll be good to yeah. Go. The only reason that I, you know, uh, it won't fit in my, uh, case that I travel with, uh, with it all the way out or otherwise I just leave the damn thing all the way out. Gotcha. Okay. What else we need to talk about, man? We got trimming out of the way. Uh, well, well, we need to talk about different ways you can trim it. So trimmers, I think, are what most people gravitate toward, or a lot of people gravitate toward. I used to have a beard trimmer, electric beard trimmer. And those things, you basically put a guard on it and just go over your whole friggin' face at the same length. And um, that's not really for me anymore, man, because you can only get so long with that thing. If you have a shorter beard, if you just want some scruff or a pretty tight beard, that'll be fine. But if, if you're going to have a longer beard, you're going to have to... You're gonna have to go with scissors. Yeah, and that's kind of what I do. I mean, I'll I'll run the trimmer down the side of it to make it a little bit more angular, but then underneath you're gonna have to do some scissor work. Um, and it's it's you can definitely take too much off, so you really got to watch what you're doing. You sure do, man. And kind of my thing here is to comb it out, identify what I want to get rid of, and and like pinch a line of hair between two fingers and cut out cut off whatever protrudes between those two fingers like a barber does if that makes sense yep that's exactly what i do and uh you get way more control over this with scissors than you do with trimmers but it's a little bit more difficult a little more time consuming and uh, either way doesn't matter what you're using you're going to end up with hair all over the sink yeah and i will tell you when you're again when you're trying to you know kind of trim the beard to make it look like you want to look one of the things I found helpful is to look at other beards that I thought were pretty cool on the interwebs, you know, like, oh, man, that 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 shape is really cool. And then try to trim to that, because if not, you don't know where you're going and you go, you can definitely mess it up. And, you know, it's going to take a long time to grow that thing back. <laughs> it sure is, man. I've taken some chunks out of my beard and, been, and just been like, damn it, dude. Because now i got to pretty much trim the whole thing to that length to make it not look like I took a big chunk out. Make it look like I meant to yeah, do that. Yeah, and, right? and if, if you're the uh, listener right now that's got a beard and you're rolling your eyes, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I'm, I'm glad you don't have to do this, but I'm telling you, if I did not trim my beard, I would. it, it looks pretty bad. Also, mine, just, mine grows long, fast, man. Again, just a wash in testosterone, excess testosterone. My beard is basically just <laughs> testosterone leaking out of my face. Uh, tell Kyle to be careful around that thing. It doesn't do good for women, all that testosterone. <laughs> yeah, I'll let her know, yeah. Seriously, I, mean, I, I remember somebody was saying, yeah, you, if you're taking um, testosterone replacement therapy and they give you that gel, that you, the cream or whatever you put underneath your arms, you got to be careful around your, around your woman. So if you're like me and Justin, you got this big, awesome beard that's just <laughs> dripping testosterone, keep it away from her, especially when yeah, she's uh, right. you know that's ovulating. Right. So, um, all right, man, let, let, just recap for the listener real quick. We talked about how to grow a beard. We talked about how to maintain your beard, how to take care of your hair and skin, beard oil, combs, shaving, trimming. Anything else we need to talk about with the beard? I don't think so. Well, tell me about the book of the week then. The book of the week is 1,000 Beards, A Cultural History of Facial Hair by Alan Petterkin. And I got this book um, from my nephew, Jimmy, who's a uh, former Marine, big another guy with a big red beard. And um, he gave me this, and it's pretty freaking awesome. It really talks, it's, it's funny, but it also has history in it. It talks about the rise of, and fall of, of trends as far as beards becoming trends and falling in and out of style. It talks about medical stuff as it pertains to beards. It talks about how to keep them up, famous men that wore facial hair and why. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, man. I <laughs> So I was looking for books about beards yesterday, and I just typed in, it went to Amazon, changed the category to books, and typed in the word beard. And uh, I didn't, this is not exactly what I ran across, man. Really? Well, it's it's an enjoyable read. Check it out. I, I would just tell the listener, probably don't need to, I basically ran across a bunch of romance novels that had the word beer in the, beard in the title, and uh, not really what I was going for. But yeah, I'll definitely look for this one, man. That's exactly what I was, uh, what I was thinking about. Okay, you want to take us out before we get into our fifth uh, rule of civility? I sure do, man. Hey, thanks for listening to Across the Peak, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Be sure to check out acrossthepeak.com for show notes, additional content, and please follow us on Instagram at acrossthepeak. Everything is acrossthepeak.com, at acrossthepeak, whatever. Um, 
Also, guys, tell someone else about the show, man. We want to spread the word here. We want to help people out, and we have helped people, man. We got a listener email the other day uh, about the uh, coping with trauma and grief and PTSD from a guy that said <clears throat> that said that Lita really gave him some tools to uh, help cope with some things he was going with, man, and, and uh, that felt really, really good. So if you know somebody that could benefit from any of these episodes, please pass it along. That helps us. That helps them. It's just... Uh, pat yourself on the back for doing your good deed for the day. So um, with that being said, Rich, let's go into rule number five of George Washington's rules of civility. All right, here we go. If you cough, sneeze, sigh, or yawn, do it not loud, but privately, and speak not in your yawning, but put your handkerchief or hand before your face and turn aside. Do you think he forgot to put farting in here? (laughs) I, I think we could easily lump that in with the other <laughs> disgusting things you could do. Yeah, dude, if you cough, put your hand over your mouth. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, also, I've seen people, I see people do this all the time. They'll be in the middle of saying something and yawn and just continue talking while they yawn, uh, which I guess I don't have the biggest problem with as long as they put their hand over their mouth, but probably not the classiest move, right? No, and again, you know, I think George Washington or his ghostwriter or whoever come up with these is is really trying to add a little bit of culture in the uh, 18th century America here because I, you know, people that lived out on the frontier, I'm sure they were guilty of all these things. I'm sure all of us are guilty of these at, at one point or another, but basically if you've got to perform some sort of bodily function like that, try to do it discreetly, as quietly as possible. Um, I don't know. Don't be the big farty sneezing dude all over the place. No, that will definitely uh, not get you invited back to dinner. (laughs) Not at my house, sir. Not at my house either, pal. All right, guys. Until next week, remember, be safe. And if you can't be safe, be dangerous. You've been listening to the Across the Peak podcast. Be sure to visit acrossthepeak.com for show notes and bonus content. Until then, be safe. And if you can't be safe, be dangerous.